appreciate your patience. Um, that was a crazy, crazy storm, and uh, many, many people had their power knocked off, and it affected all of our technology here at the church. And I appreciate Glenna and Paul coming in so early this morning, and for two and a half hours trying to work and trying to um, make sure that we have some kind of uh, video and other things, but anyway, it didn't work out. And it's somewhat ironic, it's somewhat ironic that the message for today is, uh, we're, we're, we're in the Psalms, we're in the Psalms, and the message for today is weathering the storm, and I prepared this message, I prepared this message, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no idea that we would have the effect of a storm like we had uh, yesterday. Some of, some of the people here, I talked to them this morning, they, they uh, came by to pick up some things at the church. Some called me and said, we still don't have power. We don't have anything, you know, our, our food and our refrigerators are completely destroyed now. It's been 24 hours and uh, for our home, we got power restored at 1.30 in the morning. So, uh, but, but driving here, some of the stoplights, some of the stoplights aren't even working, so it's creating little confusion at the intersections. So it's been, a, it's been an interesting day, interesting day, night, weekend. You'll never forget this long weekend that you thought you were going to have a nice holiday and you're under complete stress. So anyway, so good that you're here anyway. Aren't you glad you're here today? We can, be, we can always find something to be thankful for. And if you want to capture the message on video, we're recording it um, as best as we know how. It will be put up later in the day or so, maybe even tomorrow. But um, if you want to re-watch this, the service. And uh, I, was, I was just watching. Where, where's Terrell? Terrell is our bass guitar player. Did, you know, everyone else is wearing black shoes. Did you notice Terrell's shoes? They were red. It was fantastic. He was bringing some life and color. I said, man, if I would have known that, I would have worn some red shoes. I, I just don't have any shoes that are red. Anyway, hope you're not recording this. But anyway, welcome to those of you who are watching online. We're just having a little bit of uh, levity here during a very unique season. All right. We're in Psalm 13. Um, we've been looking at these psalms that are songs. The Psalms, as we talked about last week, that are songs. And these particular ones that I'm looking at are ones that help us get connected to God while we are experiencing unique, maybe even difficult life situations. Last week, we looked at Psalm 32. And Psalm 32 is a psalm that has to do with our... Our ability to wander away from God and, and sometimes even do things that are not pleasing to God and yet God is always there when we return to him to forgive us and restore us. Psalm 13, however, is a psalm that is a song that provides us comfort during the stormy seasons of life. I don't know about you, but if you took a moment... And simply paused and evaluated life on a broad scale, a broad spectrum. If you honestly evaluated your life, 
I think you would come to the conclusion, as I have, that life is not very glamorous. Now, you may watch television and you may watch Hollywood shows and you may see all the red carpet glamour and the fancy dresses and the fancy hairdos. I was going to say weird hairdos, but you're fancy hairdos. You know, they're trying to portray this, this facade of life as being super glamorous. But if you were honestly to take time and pause and evaluate your life, the ups and the downs, you would come to the conclusion that life is not very glamorous. Oh yes, absolutely. There are fun times. There are times of laughter. There are times where things are exciting. There are moments where you are anticipating dream vacations and there are marriages and there are promotions and there are birth announcements and there are graduations. Those are fun times in life. But those times are as exciting as they are. They are fleeting. Fleeting. Times are exciting. We get all excited in this city when our sports teams win. Remember a few years ago when the Raptors won the championship in this city? There was bedlam all over the city. Now for those of you who are Toronto Maple Leaf fans and are into hockey... You've got a long time to wait yet uh, for that exciting time to happen. But that exciting time, if it ever happens, is a fleeting moment. It's a fleeting moment. Sure, we need to hang on and we need to cherish those moments. We love those moments of excitement. But they're short. They're short. In our life, our life is made up of many more inconveniences and trials that affect us in major ways, in minor ways. There's a lot of interruptions in life. In fact, last week, when my wife was dra driving to church, she had a flat tire. And she's calling me during our worship service and saying, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I've got a flat tire. The next, the next day, I had to drop everything and try to fix these tires and found two screws inside the tire. A minor inconvenience. But our life, when you think about it, our life is made up of Many, 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 many of these inconveniences that disrupt our life. Suffering can be a constant companion to us when we live this life. And while we celebrate all these glamorous events that we think are glamorous, all these good events, we also engage in life a lot of painful experiences. There are numerous people who have experienced the pain of divorce? How do you respond when you've experienced difficulties in an accident? What do you do when the doctor delivers some very disturbing health diagnosis to you? What happens when your employment situation changes and all of a sudden there are major bills that are due? What do you do? What emotions are evoked when, when the phone call comes? All these moments are real. They affect our life. Your life, my life. You see, there is not a day that goes by, there is not a week that passes by 
where I don't hear of some person that I personally know, there is some person that I don't hear, that, that is close to me. There is not a day, there's not a week that I don't hear of some friend of mine who is going through some experience, some disruption in life, sometimes even some major suffering in life. Where there are texts comes through, an email comes through, a phone call asking me, can you pray? Can you pray? Can you give me some encouragement because we're dealing with a difficult time in our life? It happens to all of us. And if you're honest enough and you pause enough and you evaluate your life over the grand scheme of things, the spectrum, how many times have you experienced those disruptions in your life? Suffering, the experiencing difficulty, is a reality in our present world. It's in which we live. It happens to us. And so in this very brief series, as we look at these specific psalms, psalms that are trying to connect us to God and put a song back into our heart. When you go through those difficulties, can you have a song that is in your heart? When you wander away, can God restore you and put a song of joy back into your heart? Now notice what it says in Psalm 13, verse 1 through and through verse 4. Notice what it says. If you have your Bibles, I know we're kind of doing it the old-fashioned way today with our Bible. Oh, you have it on the screen. Great. Look what it says, Psalm 13. Alright? Psalm 13. Oh Lord... How long will you forget me? Question. Forever? Question. How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Verse 3. Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle in my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Now as you read these verses in this psalm, you get a sense of what the writer is feeling. You get a sense of what the psalmist is feeling. There's a description, perhaps, of what you may be feeling as you read these words. The first experience, here, here's what he's saying. The first experience that he is feeling, that I pick up on, in the midst of this turmoil, this difficulty, this, this time, this season, where there's frustration... It seems like God is silent. There is a cry from his heart to God. There's this sense. There is this sense that there's this, in the season of life, this helplessness, this loneliness, this overwhelming pressure that seems to be on. And the silence of God is absolutely deafening. Calling out to God, how long... And it's like, God is not listening. He's not hearing. And it seems like there's nothing but silence. Oh, it's not that I'm discounting. Listen, I'm not discounting the fact that there are moments, and maybe you've experienced those moments in your life, where 
You have felt maybe a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you would even say, when I, when I read the scriptures, there was something powerful that gravitated out of the Bible and it just gripped my heart. Or maybe in a message that you heard, something penetrated your spirit and it's as if the voice of God is, is speaking to you. Some of you may even be here today and you testify, I have heard, I, I know I heard this distinct voice, I believe it was God speaking into my heart. I don't want to discount that. And I personally believe that there are many avenues where God reveals himself and communicates himself to people in various situations, in various forms. I'm, please, I'm not discounting that at all. But what do you do when there is no voice? What do you do when there is absolute and complete silence where you're pleading from your heart in a moment of difficulty, in a time of suffering? What do you do when it feels like and it seems like God is absolutely silent? When you're trying to make God-honoring decisions in your life and there's nothing but silence. When you're trying to determine the will and the direction of God for your life. Silence. You pray. You ask for direction. You are open and looking for a sign. You're, you're seeking a response from your Heavenly Father. And there's nothing but silence. What do you do? I don't know about you, maybe you have experienced what I'm talking about, where in the midst of a major decision, there's nothing but silence. Maybe you're praying for your family. Maybe there was a move that you were contemplating, and there's silence. And maybe, maybe you've been contemplating as a young person, going to university, what should I do for my education? And there's nothing but silence. Maybe you're thinking about choosing a partner for life, and there's nothing but silence. Maybe you've experienced that. The silence of God. And if this silence goes on for some period of time, what begins to happen in our mind and in our spirit is uncertainty begins to creep in. And you start to question yourself. And this is exactly, listen, this is exactly what Psalm 13 is portraying for us. When you read the words of this psalm, the psalmist is looking for answers and it seems that God is silent. The writer of this psalm, David, is questioning why bad things are happening. Why there is opposition. He's questioning God. Where, is, where are you? And there's nothing but silence. Brings me to a second experience that maybe is, prevalent, that is prevalent in these verses. And it seems like God is not only silent, but that God is also distant. There is this sense that the writer feels abandoned. I don't, I don't know when David wrote this psalm. But what I do, do know is, this, that, is that from... The time that he was anointed as a young boy to be king to the actual date when he became king at the age of 30 was a period of 16 years. 
So from the time of his anointing to the time that David became king was a period of 16 years. And most commentators, if you look it up, most commentators and most historians of the Bible depict David that at the age of 14 years of age, he was anointed as king. And then from age 14 to the age 30, a period of 16 years, he waited. He was a shepherd who became a warrior, who then became a fugitive, fleeing from the jealous rage of King Saul. He's hiding in caves, if you recall and remember. He's living in the desert. Don't you think in that period of time, of 16 years, David could have been asking, God, how much longer? Have you forgotten me, Lord? I was anointed king and now it's year 15 and nothing has happened. 16 years. And let me tell you something. Those 16 years were not good years. They were hard years. They were painful years. They were desperate years. He was running for his life. Hiding in obscure places. So he would not be killed because Saul was after him. When I think about that, it, is, it would seem to me that David must have thought, God, how long? This seems like forever. Sometimes your experiences in life, when you've gone through difficulties, haven't you thought that? Man, a week seems like forever. Two months seems like forever when you're dealing with pain. So that phrase in Psalm 13, how long will you forget me? Do you know that that phrase happens 20 times in the Psalms? How long will you forget me? And isn't that exactly the same questions that many times we find ourselves asking when we are going through rough times, stormy times in our life, when our hearts are broken, when we're going through suffering, when our physical body is breaking down? How long? God, how long? Do you ever feel like that? I was talking to someone just this past week. I've talked to many people inevitably, inevitably this past week in our conversation. This is what the person said, and I quote, it sucks to get old. <laughs> it t everything takes longer. It takes longer in the morning to coordinate. It takes longer in the morning to get my body into motion. Do you know a physical therapist, a physical therapist recently told me that it is extremely important that at any age, at any age, listen to this, at any age it is important to do these three things. This is from a physical therapist. At any age, this is, this is the most important thing that you can do. Number one, eat healthy. Number two, exercise at least 30 minutes a day. And number three, constantly stretch. Do some kind of stretching with your muscles. It sucks to get old. <laughs> I 
Do you ever feel like things are slow? You're in a tough season. Times are tough. Do you ever feel like God is distant? Do you ever feel like God has abandoned you? That he doesn't care about your situation? That he's forgotten about you? Do you cry out to God? Do you see me? Do you see me? Do you hear my prayer? Please say something to me. Please reveal yourself. I need direction. I need some hope. Can you reveal yourself to me, please? Not only does it feel like God is silent, but he's also distant. Psalm 13, verse 1. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? Psalm, uh, that's the psalm, the verse that we were reading. And then in James chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 3. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And John 16, verse 33, Jesus said these words. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, oh here it is, this is what most of life is, here on earth you will have many trials, many sorrows, but, but, take heart, for I have overcome the world. See the admonishment of Jesus that Jesus gives is this. That here on earth, here on this earth, we're on this earth, on this terra firma, we're on this earth, you're going to have trouble. Sometimes there will be small inconveniences, sometimes there will be large life-altering circumstances where your world is turned upside down. You're going to have difficulties, but behold this truth, but I've overcome and I'm with you. Jim Cantori, I don't know if any of you have the Weather Channel, but Jim Cantori, for 25 years, has been the Weather Channel's storm tracker. He has traveled all over the world. He chases, <laughs> he chases storm. I don't know if he made it up to Toronto before this storm arrived, but he chases storms and he reports on the extreme conditions, the weather, the climate on our planet. The USA wrote an article on him recently, and this is, this is what they said in this article. Whether he is leaning into the ferocious winds of a hurricane or shivering as a blast of polar air drops from the Arctic, Cantore is often at the scene to help viewers, like you and me watching television, viewers appreciate how weather tests us. That's what they wrote about him. But Jim Cantori, you need to know this, according to Jim Cantori, he says, the storms that happen on this planet pale in comparison to the personal storms, he says, that I experience in my daily life. He has two children who were born with fragile X syndrome, which is a genetic disorder that affects the intellectual abilities of his children. And Contori says, what my children have to deal with on a daily basis is far more difficult than anything that I will ever come in contact with when I deal with weather. My children have storms that hurt 
the most and will never go away. See, pain that we experience comes in various forms. It could be dealing with physical abnormalities in children, like Jim Cantore is describing. Pain can be the comparison that you felt growing up as a child when your parents favored another child over a sibling. Pain can be the loneliness that you felt moving into a new location. Pain can be emotional hurts that maybe you've experienced from an abusive relationship. Pain can be the disheartening moment in a young mother's life when she experiences miscarriage. A friend of mine who is 47 years of age is dealing with an aggressive form of brain cancer. He's in, he's in a, a tremendous physical fight dealing with radiation and dealing with chemo. And he, he said to me once, he said, with God's help, I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight and come out a better person on the other side. That's what his attitude was. And I can tell you, I can tell you this, when you go through something like this, at that age, young age as he is dealing with, your faith and your reliance on God is severely, severely, severely tested. I like, I like what David Jeremiah says. He says, it seems to be the universal testimony of those who suffer. That it is a clarifying experience. Pain is a type of preparation like no other. Allowing the unimportant to fall away. And the critical to rise to the top. The unfortunate thing is, the unfortunate thing, even, it even happens with us as people who follow Jesus and classify ourselves as Christian. The unfortunate thing is, not everybody emerges out of pain and out of suffering with this kind of attitude. Some people, due to their pain, their suffering, their trials and their tribulations, they become bitter. They absolutely become bitter. They turn against God. They turn against medical care. They turn against their loved ones in their most drastic situation. And while the majority of the verses in Psalm 13 speak about God's silence and about God's distance in the midst of pain and confusion, the writer affirms something here that there is still God who is greater and wiser and more powerful and that we as people should put our place and have confidence in God's abilities. Look what it says. In Psalm 13, verse 5 and verse 6. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Did, did you follow the pattern? Did you follow the pattern of these verses? Those of you who are following in your Bible, look at this. Prior to verse 5 and verse 6, there was this questioning, Right? How long? Forever? How long? God, where are you? I, I don't hear you. Are you, are you, are you listening? Are you, dis, are you close? Are you distant? And in verse 5, there's a switching. There's something that transcends and changes in verse 5. All of a sudden, it's, I'm, but I'm going to put my trust in you. And verse 6 says, in spite of all my questioning, in spite of my difficulties and problems, notice what verse 6 says. I will sing to the Lord. 
I will sing to the Lord. On the heels of all these questions, the psalmist breaks into song in the midst of his own questioning, in the midst of his own troubles, in the midst of his own suffering. While the psalm starts with despair, it moves to prayer, and then it ends with confident hope. Someone said, Psalm 13 starts with a sigh and ends with a song. In other words, God may seem, listen, God may seem distant to you. And God may seem silent to you. But it leads to a third experience that you and I can have in the midst of our difficulties. And that is this. And this is point number three. God will never leave your side. Now you may think, you may think he's distant. And you may feel he doesn't listen and is not close. But this psalm tells me that I can have hope and trust in the fact that God will never leave my side. And listen, in the midst of whatever we experience in life, that is the hope that we need to hang on. No matter what the circumstance, let that truth, build on that truth. Let it become a foundation in your life. Listen, in 40, year, in 40 years, I've looked over the rows and rows and rows in many congregations and many people over 40 years. And I have seen a lot of pain and tears in the rows of people that I've stood in front. And I know some of the things that people have gone through in church, while they're in church, and things that people are going through. I have, I've, I've seen the pain and the anguish in the eyes of people and the tears that people have experienced as they came, came to church and worshipped God. I have seen them go through unemployment. I've seen people have health issues, difficulties with their, with their children and struggles in their, in, in their marriages. I've been there when people in my congregation were murdered. And people committed suicide. Where there were tragic accidents. I've been there with people. I've seen the anguish. I've seen and participated in some bizarre and difficult circumstances. But I also know this. People can make it when they draw close to God. To the one that they can line themselves up to and and come alongside with, people can make it when they grab a hold of this, this truth that God will walk with me side by side. People can make it. And even though this psalm doesn't say anything about the end of suffering and difficulty, it does teach us this, friends, that in the midst of our painful experiences, we can still sing and we can still worship because we know that God has not abdicated from his throne.
And to me, in saying that to you today, to me, my friends, that is a sign of what it means to be a mature follower of Jesus Christ. When you can accept the trials, the sufferings, the difficulties, whatever curveball life may throw at you, the challenges, and you can still stand up, and you can still come into the worship sanctuary, and you can still glorify God, because you know He has not left you. He is side by side with you. He has not abdicated from His throne. Listen, mark these words down. Your painful experiences in life will either drive you closer to God or will cause you to wander away from God. You, have, you and I have that choice to make. Psalm 56 verse 3 says, When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Yet unfortunately for many people, the moment they encounter suffering, they blame God and they begin to have doubts on his deity. They, they begin to lash out on other human beings. And have, you ever noticed in, have you ever noticed in your insurance policy? Take a moment. Look over your insurance policy. There is a phrase, a clause in your insurance policy that classifies catastrophes as an act of God. See, anything, something catastrophic happens in your life, even the insurance companies are trying to put the blame on God. <laughs> Bob Russell in his book, Acts of God, writes, the hardest moments of life often bear the seeds of a fruitfulness we could never foresee. That is so true. Here's what we have to acknowledge with our, listen, with our finite minds, we admit that to some degree there is a mystery to suffering and difficulties that we don't understand. In fact, look up verse in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29. It says there are secret things that belong to God. There are secret things that God does not share. And, and, and while in our finite mind we're trying to wrap our heads around why this is happening and how we can approach this and how we should do this. Listen, there is a mystery that we don't understand, that we cannot fathom, but we need to understand in the midst of a fallen world where we all experience suffering and heartache and hardships in life, there are some secret things that God will not share with us. I want to take a moment as we close to read Psalm 23. You know this psalm. When I do a funeral, I read this psalm at every funeral. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all, you know, maybe I should speak a series on Psalm 23. This is a great psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk, listen to this, even when I walk through the darkest valley, 
I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and they comfort me. And you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will be in the house of the Lord forever. Now most of us, listen, most of us know that song. We've heard that song a million times. And it brings, certainly it brings incredible comfort to those who are suffering and going through a grieving process in life. These words bring immense comfort and peace. Because it describes for us who God is. God is our shepherd who cares for us. And when I read that and when I hear that the Lord is my shepherd... That he cares about me. He provides for us. He will take care of me. He will restore me. It should bring comfort to our hearts. And it's very interesting that in John chapter 10, Jesus plays off of this psalm when he talks about the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And look what he says about the good shepherd. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. But the good shepherd, Jesus says, my purpose. What is it? To give them a rich and satisfying life. Trust God. Move forward in faith. Don't blame God. Walk through the difficulty. Walk through the hardship. Walk through the pain. Walk through the suffering. Understanding that God is with you every step of the way. I was watching children just the other day. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so people are out in the parks. I was watching children on this playground apparatus. You know, it's, it's the playground where there are bars, and these children swing from bar to bar, and they move their way across this apparatus. So I was watching these kids as they were moving from the bar to bar to the other side. And it occurred to me, as they are swinging from one bar to the next bar, there is this brief moment where they have to let go. There is this nanosecond where they're letting go of one bar and launching to catch the next bar. And they're suspended for a moment in midair. That requires faith. That requires faith. To let go, be suspended in air before you reach out. And when we go through the issues that sometimes bring uncomfortableness into our life. It requires us to let go of blame and to reach out in faith 
launching into a new tomorrow with the knowledge that God is still with you. Friends, I don't know how to say it any more simpler than that. That God is indeed your present help in the troubles that you may be experiencing. So you've got to let go of blame. You've got to launch out in faith. Because he is faithful and he will be faithful to you. Even when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because you are with me. And no matter what inconvenience I experience in life and what kind of upheaval or what storm may bring to me, I am going to trust and I'm going to hang on and I'm not going to blame and I'm going to keep moving forward in faith, believing and knowing that my God is with me and sitting beside me, walking beside me, being beside me. He is with me at all times through every situation and I'm not going to let go. I'm going to hang on to him. There is a prison cell in Germany where years ago they found an inscription from a person, an unknown prisoner, who had been a prisoner in this dungeon. An anonymous author who, in fact, perished in that prison cell. And they found these words inscribed and etched on the brick wall, on the block wall of this prison. And here are the words, and I close with this. Listen to these words. This is what this prisoner wrote in prison. I believe in the sun, even when it's not shining. I believe in love, even when I don't feel it. And I believe in God even when he is silent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray today that these simple and humble words would somehow captivate and solidify our faith in you. God, may this psalm be enriching to all of our lives. As we walk through life that is sometimes very inconvenient, may we, O oh God, completely hang on by faith because you are with us. I pray, let your Holy Spirit settle these words into our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. stand with us as we uh, sing one last song.
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe.